Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Guys, I am here with author Sean R. Frazier. You've got a new book coming out really soon, but you also have this whole saga of books. You're a fantasy writer. So take me, take me way back to young Sean. How did you develop this interest or this love for writing? Uh, depends on how far back you want to go. So basically as a kid, I I entertained myself like, you know, Legos or Transformers or, or whatever. And, and I've kind of delved into this mentally for myself, like kind of trying to figure out exactly where the creativity well came from. But um, and we, we lived in Arizona, way outside of town. So literally the only things to do were, you know, make forts in the in the desert. You know, the whole desert was my yard. So you make forts in the desert, um, try not to get bitten by snakes, you know, just stuff like that. I could badger my sister, but she didn't really, we didn't mesh too well. So it was, um, uh, I was left to my own devices and my devices were limited in a lot of cases. Um, So, you know, I had action figures, I had toys, but, um, you know, I I basically had to, had to uh, use my own creativity and I'd make up stories with all, you know, as, as kids do, they make up stories with Darth Vader and Princess Leia and Han Solo or, or Optimus Prime's in there too. It was a really weird universe. I'm going to tell you that. Um, but um, I mean, I did that all the time. I did that all the time. And uh, you know, kids grow up. So I basically put all that stuff away um, and realized that like my, my mind wanders. I, I can't say that I have ADHD or I don't have ADHD. I don't know. I, I don't even address that, but I'm a huge daydreamer. And so sitting in junior high and high school, mind is wandering. At some point I decided, you know, I'm going to start writing things down. I'm going to make stories out of this just for fun. You know, just for me, I don't, I, I'm the kind of person I play guitar, but no one will ever hear me play. Cause I, I just like, Nope, I'm not going to do it. Um, so I just wrote stuff that no one was ever going to read except me. I had teachers who, you know, I'd write things for assignments, uh, creative writing and whatever, and they loved it. You know, they were like, this is really great. Do you, do you write often? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I, you know, just for myself. And they're like, you should keep doing it. And so I did and never really wrote a, well, I, I guess I kind of wrote a book or two, but they were, uh, they were a mess. You know, I want to read those. Um, and then I just kind of kept going. I, I just focused on short stories. I want to write a short story about this. I want to write a short story about that. You know, they're nice because they're like instant gratification. You write the short story um, beginning to end, you're done. It's like, ah, oh, that was nice. You know, now I can write a short story about something completely different. Um, and I, so, I, I mean, I really, I guess my creativity came just from being left to my own devices and, and having to figure out something to do. Um, and that sooner or later translated into, I'm going to make my own stories. Then that translated into, I'm going to write a book and then, Hey, you know what? Maybe I will let people read this, <laughs> that type of thing. That's the hardest part. <laughs> it really is. It, it, it isn't now. It isn't so much now. Um, although there are times like once the book is released, I'm like, Oh, it's out there. It's, you know, but, um, I, I let lots of people beta read and, and, and things. And it's like, I'm actually excited. I want them to read this now, um, which was a different vibe from before. Absolutely. I don't know how old you are, but your childhood sounds a lot like mine and kids of our generation. We we were left to our own devices. Gen X. Yeah. (laughs) Represent. So 
I called it make pretend. Make pretend was huge. I was acting out Little House on the Prairie. I was making food, air quotes, food, weeds I pulled from the it, Our imaginations, we only had, what, 13 channels before uh, the cable boxes came. And we had to play. Talk about mm-hmm. fort thing. I mean, how many times did you almost die in a sand fort, right? <laughs> Uh, cactus for me, but yeah, yeah, I did. I had some run-ins with cacti. Um, but I, yeah, I'd, I'd make things out of cardboard, like a refrigerator and a dishwasher box. Oh, there's a fort, right? But I'd also make like a sword out of cardboard or you know something else. I, I just literally, if if I got my hands on it, like if my mother didn't want it, I'd take it and do something with it. And maybe I was a low-key hoarder. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I at least used these things. Um, I don't know if you ever played the games. Uh, they, I, I, maybe like I have not found too many people who did this, but you, um, you make up a scenario on a piece of paper and you flick your pencil to to like move a piece or to shoot or whatever. And I just did that for hours. I'm like, I'm gonna, I played against myself, obviously, but yeah, I'm just gonna do that, and and I'm gonna make up this game, and I'm gonna make up this game, and and I, literally, I never got bored. I don't remember what it was called, but we had the folded paper. Where you would you ask a question, you fold it out. Yeah. Such a great time just to like grow and stretch our brains at that age, because the things, like you said, the things we came up with, I mean, I don't care uh, who you were. If you had a tree in your yard, you were swinging and pretending you were Tarzan. Mm -hmm. I like jumping out of the tree. If you're crazy. I think that's awesome though. And as you said, going into junior high, middle school, like my major creative accomplishment in the sixth grade was we had to write a book. I think mine was maybe like five pages, but whatever. And it was my life by a tree, like a period tree. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was, it's, I still have it somewhere. And it's like, you get a B and you're like, ah, why? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's your first, there's your first critic. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask with the, because you sound like you might be neuro, uh, neurodivergent. I'm not a doctor, but a lot of similarities in the way you think, the daydreaming especially. God, I sucked at math because I couldn't focus. Writing it down, the thoughts in your head or the daydreams in your head, did it help to kind of manage your focus a little better or was it just encouraging it? It's probably encouraging it, to be honest. It probably made it worse. I mean, like write the stuff down and I just move on to another one. Like, I, I mean, these day, these were the these were the the basically nonsensical daydreams. They were just you know daydreams. It, it was there wasn't necessarily a plot and characters, or whatever. It was just hey, I'm flying. This is cool, you know. That I made games out of just a pen. I'd have a pen and I would you know pretend that it was something. Um, and it, I wasn't the best scholar in high school because of this, but hey, you know, um, I had fun. <laughs> Well, just thinking like about that situation, especially junior high and high school, I I wanted to make a joke like, no wonder you got into fantasy. The hormones are raging, thoughts and feelings are kicking in. So you're you're writing romance novels now. You're like, I just it just you don't want to see me write a romance novel. No, you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate them, and that is not to say I it, I mean no disrespect to people who do write them. As a reader, I don't, I don't like to read them, and I can't write them. If I even start to talk about peepees and, yeah, I just know. start laughing. Yeah, I just crack a joke. I, it's like it's over. 
I, t- I turn into a virgin all over again. I'm like, oh my God, what? What? <laughs> it's funny how we manifest like our stories. I started by just writing. I would write down my dreams, you know, and sometimes it was scattered words and just bits and dot, 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 you know, ellipsis is like, and then something happened. And then I, you know what, I'm going to, because they were so weird and so wondrous and sometimes so scary. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found my niche. You know, I, I just started writing horror screenplays and I was like, this is my, this is me. <laughs> this is yeah. my love. So it's crazy how like our early imaginations can often really shape what we end up we end up creatively as an adult but speaking of books your books are fantasy tell me a little bit about the one that's coming out now or soon i'm trying to remember which okay so the last available correct i just Uh, got the proof yesterday that one is that one or are you talking about mage breaker aren't they both coming out well mage breaker's out that, okay. I'm I'm on like I'm just cranking these things out. Well, actually, I wrote them all, and then they sat for a while, and then they all kind of boomed out the pike. But yeah, um, no, Mage Breaker went out, came out in November, so the last available is what's coming out in March. And uh, it, it, the way I can describe it, and I wrote it well before the Dungeons and Dragons movie came out, but the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie came out. Chris Pine, you know, really silly movie, but I loved it. And honestly, my book is basically in that same spirit um except it's more dysfunctional it's sillier like anyone who follows me on twitter will know that i just i i just post stupid humor like i'm just cracking dad jokes and stuff all the time so i kind of got it in me as a as a side project because i was writing i think i was i think i was writing this the first mage breaker but it was in between my forgotten years series and mage breaker and i'm like hey you know what i want to write a fantasy comedy about a bunch of idiots and um so essentially you know my the whole the whole premise is you know and it, it it's very tropey it's full of tropes and gaming jokes and nerd humor and but the whole premise is you know big bad evil rises right big big evil awakens and you need heroes to fight the big evil except they've all been killed by the big evil so now you have what's left (laughs) like you just have these idiots that you've assembled in a bar and you just hope that they can even find their way out of town (laughs) they're just the most incompetent people on the planet they're all jerks they're selfish they all have they're all broken they all have their terrible habits um and they have to somehow work together to to accomplish this thing and like i said it's got all like if you've ever played like an adventure rpg video game like your first quest is the like go fetch me a cup of coffee from the coffee shop and you will get five experience right like their first quest is to do that and they screw it up like it's it's to get a book and they screw it up so that kind of sets the tone um they they fight a lot they joke a lot they run away a lot <laughs> but you know what there's something so endearing about like bumbling heroes or heroic bumblers uh you know anybody who's a fan of like the the cornetto trilogy with uh simon Pegg, nick frost they're not the ones that you would instinctively go hey you want to help me save the world right i think like i said there's something endearing about that and especially uh, well, the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie was great too because you can still get 
and you can still feel that I don't know how to describe it you know when you're watching a film and like the hero or the heroine or the team like overcomes and you're like they have that dark moment where like no we're all doomed we're not gonna and then they somehow figure out a way they MacGyver their way out of it and you're like yeah right for example, in Avengers Endgame, when the portals start to open. Oh, that- it's like one of the best moments in cinematic history ever now. I love it. Don't get me started. It's my favorite. I love it. I cry every time I'm a big baby, but it's not. So great. It's like that feeling, that wonder or whatever. But you can still have that with like, you could have been laughing your butt off five minutes ago or groaning or going, oh my God. And still go to that. Look at a telemarketer calling me. Go away. I'm trying to get all of you about your car's extended warranty. Yes. Listen, joke's on you. No, <laughs> I already drove it off the, off the yeah. cliff. But uh, car. yeah, my bicycle's extended warranty. But it, you can still have that sense of like wonder or awe or cheerful elation of like, oh, my God, they did it. He saved her. He caught her. You know, she caught him, whatever. And I think that's really cool. I think at this book is going to be something that a lot of people can relate to because sometimes not to get serious, but sometimes the books, uh, he's tall, he's suave, he's handsome, he's Thor. And you're like, you can't see yourself in the character, but this one, it's like, Oh God, that's me. That's, that's yeah. me. Yeah. That's me. I've got one of those in there, except he's a complete imbecile. Oh, <laughs> and he's morally ambiguous. They're all morally ambiguous. Like, but he acts righteous. You know, except that he just follows a different deity when it comes, uh, when it's convenient. Right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, 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 he makes it, he, he, he makes the situation what he needs to be to accomplish what he wants, which is whatever. He doesn't, he, he doesn't really have any goals. He's just along for the ride and hoping to probably get some loot. A loot or loot, loot or booty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, they, and I mean, so this book was this book is is largely a comedic timeout. Um, you know, I my my Forgotten Years books and Mage Breaker they all like they all have themes, the character development. You know, it, it they're your their standard book. This book, like my editor got to chapter three, and he I finally found a comment in the in the side, and it said, "I hate all these characters," and I'm like, "Good." not really supposed to love them they're 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 terrible people and then he gets like <laughs> i read down two more chapters and notes and there he's like okay i get it now <laughs> you're supposed to hate them yes yeah. i mean you you hate them in that i mean like one of them sets everything on fire one of them stabs everyone and robs yeah. people you know one of them's a coward one of them slays small animals because that's she's an exterminator basically but like after you see them interact for a few chapters, it's like, oh, oh, okay. It's if you've ever, if you see, if you saw Peacemaker, the series, mm-hmm. um, literally they're all deplorable people. Like everybody in that series is deplorable, but like they are all so entertaining. They spend five minutes talking about how if your pinky toes cut off, you can't walk or no, you can. No, well, but I heard it different, you know, like, there's no, it's like Seinfeld with complete yeah. jerks, right? So it's entertaining. Um, yeah, I mean, the, every every chapter is basically kind of a short story. Um, they 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 encounter something new every chapter. So it's it's like it's basically like a D and D game. You have this session, 
you got done, you beat the big bad guy or whatever. Next session, we'll do this, you know, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, it's just like a series of them getting to their goal uh, or trying. So it's nice little, like nice little bites of the story. So you can set oh, it down. Go fast. Yeah. Oh, they'll go fast. Yeah. There, there's no like, oh, I have to remember what happened in the last one, in the last chapter, because they're just following points on a map. <laughs> right. Right. You don't have to like, you know, your kids are screaming for dinner and you're like, hold on one more page. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think even one of the characters mentions like there, there was one of them's like, where are we supposed to go? And the other one's like, don't you have that little arrow on your HUD? And they're like, what? It's like <laughs> the arrow. It's like right there. Nobody else sees it. He's like, just go. <laughs> Well, it sounds amazing. It's coming out in March. March, March twenty sixth, I think. And people can get it on your website through Amazon. Book um, they can get it. You can pre-order it literally any anywhere books are sold. <laughs> I, I'm sure there are some places you can't get it, but you know, um, yeah, you can get it on Amazon, Kindle, uh, Kindle, paperback, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, all sorts of other places I've never heard of before. Yeah. Anywhere books are sold, you can get the last available, and you can go back and buy all your other books. Mage Breaker. Mage Breaker is also available wherever books are sold, but um, Forgotten Years is all available on uh, pretty much exclusively Amazon because those are self pub. And I do not have the knowledge, patience, or time or energy to keep more than one platform. I just I can't do it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> It it's is. A, they all require different formatting. If you change something on one, you need to change it on every one of them. I I can't do it. So I'm like, Amazon's a big guy. I'm not necessarily a fan of them, but yeah, you know, it's easiest. Is it, well, talk about like a necessary evil. It's like, ooh, I don't like them, but yeah, I'm let, not probably making them tons of money, but <laughs> they well, help me. So exactly, exactly. Sometimes you have to help yourself. Unfortunately, yep. or fortunately. Either way you look at it. At least it's a, at least it's an option. That's what I'm saying. So after the last available, do you have do you have a whole slew of books ready to come out? Um, I'm taking I'm I'm taking it slow because this was a very and I'm still in the middle of it, but this is a very busy cycle. I've usually only ever released a book a year or not at all, but this is three in a span of a year. So. I put Mage Breaker out in November and literally had barely any time to try to say, hey, look, I've got this book before. Now I'm in the last available mode. Um, and then Mage Breaker sequel comes out in August. So after, you know, about a month of plugging the last available, I'm I'm doing promo and pre-order and and trying to get blurbs and all sorts of stuff for the next Mage Breaker book. So I'm once August is done and I'm and I'm writing one. I've been writing a, a side project for a while. Um, but I think I'm going to put that one away and possibly write the final Mage Breaker book. But that one, I'm not going to immediately turn it like it's going to take me a while so that I can focus on plugging all three of these books and and have some time to actually write something. Um, so I've got a side project. I want to write the next Mage Breaker, the final Mage Breaker. And then I've got two other book ideas. So the writing is not a problem. I can just keep writing all the time. Um, it's the, I can't release three books in the span of a year. Cause that it's hard. <laughs> Hold them up like a deck of cards. Like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, I, I just need time to be able to like, sit back and go, okay, how do I get people to buy these books now? <laughs> Instead of making yeah. another one and making another one. It's like, I just, I want to actually get 
readers to know that these books are out first before I put out five more. Right. And I think that's something a lot of creatives can definitely agree with is the marketing side of it is. It's a killer. I don't want to. No, no, I just want to write books. Why can people not understand that my books exist and just magically buy them? Why not? Why? Yeah, no, um, the marketing part. uh, It's hard. It's really hard. Yes. And they tell you, they tell you, well, you're a product too. You have to sell yourself. I'm not selling nothing. You can buy my stuff. You can option my stuff. I really don't want to market myself like that. Ain't nobody want to buy me. (laughs) This? No. Oh, I don't know. It sounds it sounds incredible. I'm gonna have to head over to one of the not Amazon places and pre-order it. Yeah, it's it's got um, I mean uh, the 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 blurb explains it. It's it's a decent sized blurb, but the the book's back cover blurb tells you everything you need to know. I think it's funny. I'm easily amused though. So, um, but I've got some arc readers who are responding very well to it. Um, and not every joke's gonna land. But hopefully there are so many in there that if every third one lands, you're laughing. So let me ask this. Do you think aside from it being somewhat of a like a palate cleanser, do you think this would be a nice like introductory book to the world of fantasy? Or do you like people who would normally read like funny stuff or would read or watch Family Guy? This could be like an introduction into it or no? If they if if they know nothing about fantasy, yeah, I think it probably would. It doesn't have any of it doesn't have your typical fantasy monsters. Like they don't spend a lot of time fighting things because they have their own problems. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think if you are not exposed to fantasy at all, it would it it is it's a small toe in the water type thing. there are a lot of fantasy elements in it um i think the reverse is true though if you aren't someone who's read a lot of humor um like it 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 will its biggest appeal is to gamers um because there are so many stereotypes and tropes and jokes and things like that i mean they're all in there and if you're not a gamer you're going to get a lot of them but if you're a gamer you're going to be like oh he's played that game before oh he's a DD nerd Oh, you know, okay, he's played that module. I got it. You know, th- there are some deep references in there that, that like, you know, one person may not get half of them, but they're going to get a couple of them and be like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, you know. Okay, so it's, this book is kind of, is to gamers what, like, Ready Player One was to our generation. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, that's so full of, like, 70s, 80s, you know, like all the rush references, the D and D module. Like I get, I I've solved all the mysteries before he did because, like, I'm like, <laughs> ah, I played that module. I know exactly what this is. You know, I know what he needs to do. Um, so it 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 is like it it riffs on video games, it riffs on on um, and it riffs on RPGs. Uh, so you know, like the the HUD comment. You know, oh, you don't you don't you have you know there's 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 a whole thing where it's like, well, how do we know who to go to? And there's a giant yellow exclamation point up in the sky. And he's like, probably that. You know, it's probably over there. Um, so anyone who's played like World of Warcraft or Diablo or something is going to be like, ah, yeah, I get that joke. And, and there are some there are some very very. Uh, kind of deep jokes reminiscent of specific missions in a game that even if you have not played that mission, you're going to be like, that was still funny. You know? Right. 
Well, it sounds like you're you're a big old gamer nerd. So I have to ask, what's the uh, what's the theme of your Animal Crossing island? I'm not a Nintendo gamer nerd. Sorry. I <laughs> So I cut my teeth on the Atari 2600. Um and then the ColecoVision. Then I was an NES and SNES nerd. So I I have roots in Nintendo, but I switched over to PC gaming. So my next console after that was Xbox and I I got a couple of those, but I am mainly a PC gamer. Um so I yeah. I have not done the Animal Crossing. You are missing out. It's so it looks relaxing. fun. It it's looks a, really fun. Once you once you get past all this the stupid tasks that Tom Nook gives you, I would punch that guy in the face. By the way, I think he's a <laughs> Tom Nook. User. I think he takes advantage of you. Yes. <laughs> get past all of his little requests, side quests, if you would, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. But I like decorating and things like. Oh that. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so I played Skyrim. Okay. Um, and my idea of decorating was to steal every sweet roll I could find and throw it in my house. Nice. <laughs> you couldn't open the door without falling out. I'm excited to I'm excited to go order this book because it sounds like it would be. You talk about dad jokes. I'm queen of the dad jokes because it's like if it's stupid, it's hilarious to me. And if it's, oh yeah, <laughs> and God forbid it's thought provoking. You know, then it's really <laughs> extreme. But um, but yes, yeah, so yeah, no, so. The only purpose of this book really is to just make you laugh. Like it, some of it doesn't even, I don't necessarily think it makes sense sometimes, but, but the, it, it is literally so absurd. I tried to make it as absurd as possible, as not serious as possible. Like you don't even know if they're going to succeed and you don't really care because it's fun. Um, and there are things that happen in there that it's just like you, it's one of those, like, how did that happen? But you don't care because you just roll with it. Well, you know what? It's it's like I said. It's it seems like it's right up my alley. I laugh at the most inappropriate times, anyways. So I'm um, well well versed in that. Yes. You know how Stephen King wrote Desperation and Bachman wrote Regulators. Mm -hmm. I yeah. know they're the same guy. Yeah, same guy. But yes, okay. In Regulators, it's a horrifying. It's a horrible book. It's it's a horror book. I'm busting out laughing because I can't. It's like it's not supposed to be funny, but I'm laughing. You yeah, know, brother and I got to laughing at my great aunt's funeral, and it wasn't because we were wanting to disrespect her. It was just we caught each other's eye. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I was pretending to cough. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I can't be trusted either in those <laughs> situations at all. Again, goes back to our childhood. I think. <laughs> I mean, we cope with a lot of things through laughter, so I'm in the habit. <laughs> exactly. Well, where can people follow you on social media? I know you said Twitter, which God, that's a now, but yeah, um, I'm I'm literally everywhere. I've got a link tree that's like longer than a CVS receipt, but I'm on. Um, I mean, I, I've got an author page on Facebook. I'm on Blue Sky Threads, Instagram, TikTok, which is a lot. I don't do images and video very well, but TikTok is one of those places where I go when I want to try a dubious food. It's funny because my TikToks are either I ate, I'm eating this weird thing and you're going to see what happens to me or a book thing. And it, there's no in between. That's literally all they are. So if you tune, if you go there and you're like, weird food, weird food, weird food, new book, weird food, weird food, he's eating a book. Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Good time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just find weird stuff at the store and I'm like, 
everybody else is going to share in my pain. I'm going to, I'm going to try this and everybody else gets to share it. We have a, a, a store here. It's called Ollie's and it's basic or it's kind of like a big lots. If you don't know Ollie's Yep. the weirdest. Yeah. Like you said, the weirdest like flavored chips or like candies. And I wanted to do, do the same thing, but I am not for video, man. I am not. I turn to like, <laughs> and I just do it in one take. It's just a one take video. So there's all kinds of like weird things that happen that it's like, ah, we're, we're, we're keeping that in. But like, the flaming hot Mountain Dew was a painful one. That was terrible. Um, but yeah, so I yeah, I'm on TikTok. I'm on literally if it exists, I'm on it. It's whether I use it. But yeah, I'm on the big ones. And your website is Sean Sean They can just catch up with you. Well, it's been amazing talking to you. I kind of talk with someone with this similar like growing up experiences and same sense of humor. It's kind of rare because we're weirdos. Oh, very. Like I was at the alone table at lunch for the, for a long time. And then I was at the weirdos table and I think I was too weird for most of the weirdos. They're like, can you sit somewhere else? He doesn't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> Who even are you? Uh, I I'm, I'm 21. I don't even go here. I just hang out for people. I just like the pizza. <laughs> yeah. Bring it out. Well, thank you so much, Sean. And I hope you have a wonderful night. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I hope you have a, an even better night. Ah, damn it. You had to, you had to one-up me. <laughs> Have a good one. You too. Bye. This has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Odd Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on Art Imagination and the podcasts that we host on our website, you can visit artimagination.org, A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org. the poison pulling me she knows all about the drug i plagiarize all my apologies and they still want enough i know i know i know that i should let her go but i don't i don't i don't seem to be in control I ain't blind, I can see I'm killing her and